0: Excellent, excellent, excellent. Hi, hey, great to see you here this morning. I uh, hope everyone's doing well. Thank you. Yet again, this good weather keeps coming, doesn't it? And all the holy people are in church. <laughs> Got to be holy for that one this morning, eh? But uh, yeah, thank you for putting God first this morning to come here, whether you believe that or not. You did. And uh, I believe God always honors those who honor him. And uh, we're just so excited. What about that worship team? That band was phenomenal. Didn't skip a beat, um, but uh, we're just excited. We've, we've put a lot of our energy towards tonight, um, so uh, we're excited about what's about to happen tonight. We have our monthly gathering, uh, which is really like a net, we would say like a cast in the net, catch the fish, yeah, and uh, it's a great opportunity to invite friends. We've got uh, Pastor Sam Kukorn up from uh, Navin, and uh, we love Sam and his brother, Jamie, He's part of the church down in Dublin. And so if you, you know anyone that loves the tricolor, this guy does too. So, so uh, it's a good opportunity to bring people from, from all sides of the community, from all backgrounds. You know, I believe there's only two types of people, people who believe in Jesus and, and come under his authority uh, and, and his rule and reign in their life, and there's people that don't. Uh, it's as simple as that, and a lot of the politics and stuff can confuse us. And make us label and categorise, but really, there's only two types of people. Um, Amen. Is that only me, or does anyone else agree with me? Um, So we've been uh, we've been uh, working through our series and losing my religion. I think a lot of people have been encouraged. We've had two parts so far, and this is the third part. I'm so excited. um, Just about the response, you know, online we've had ridiculous for our first podcast. There's been a ridiculous response. it really picked up momentum very quickly there, and uh, I really believe it's such a relevant topic uh, for people. And a lot of people are probably curious by the title "Losing My Religion." What is that about? But just a recap on what we spoke about. You know, the first message was was about what God God builds with. God doesn't build with bricks; He builds with stone. And so the whole idea about that was um, the, the brick represents perfection with man. And if the brick is broken at all, then the brick is not used. It's it's cast aside. It's rejected. And it's funny that the Bible actually says that the stone uh, that that, that people rejected, God used to build his church. And and so the difference with, with, with brick and stone is that the stones have got broken pieces. They're not perfect. They're all different shapes and sizes. And so God has accepted and called everyone. Why? Because we can't be perfect like bricks, but Jesus was and because God uh, sent Jesus to be perfection on our behalf, then we can come to the throne of what we call grace, which means God always accepts us, God is always for us uh, because of what Jesus done. And when we begin to grasp and understand that, it means you can come close, it means you can begin to stay in relationship with God. Now the problem is, if you don't receive that, is you're going to be under condemnation, under shame under I'm not good enough for God, you're always going to be praying in a way to get to God rather than praying from a place of acceptance. You're going to pray for acceptance. Does that make sense? And so the, the power of love, when you know that God has loved you and he has paid the price and there was a sin sacrifice through Jesus on the cross, what happens is it draws a line in the sand that we don't keep trying to get to the line or get over the line. We actually pass the line and we're moving from the line which means we're all activated to be who God's called us to be. It means we can actually activate the gift and the calling of God in our life. It's not just one priest. We're all priests because the veil was torn, and what the veil represents is the line. When the veil was torn, the line, you stepped over. And so now you're actually running to... You're not trying to reach. You've already been reached, so you can therefore become a priest that reaches others. You're now a vessel of honor. You're now a vessel that God can fill up and you can be used to go forth into all the world. And so the problem with religion is religion causes you to stay the same. Religion causes you to come behind the line and try and get to the line consistently, but you never do anything with your life because you're always just trying to get there. You're always just trying to be good enough. You're always trying to, to be that brick, but you never will be the brick because you're a stone. Amen? And so that's the power of the gospel. That's the power of what Jesus done. He gets you over the line, but it's now time that you're over the line. That you, When you look back, you see Jesus. You don't see your issues, your problems, your mistakes. Yes, we've got to travel through those. We've got to work through those. It takes time, of course, but as far as your relationship with God's concerned, it's being paid for. You're always in relationship and fellowship with with God because of what his son done. Therefore, shame goes, guilt goes, and you can actually get on with the things of God. You can get on with building the house of God. You can get on with with speaking life over people because you're not dealing with your own own shame and guilt. Whereas if you're dealing with your own shame and guilt, you won't speak to people because you don't feel good enough. Does that make sense? You won't want to encourage people because you're just trying to get there yourself. But when you understand what Jesus has done, all of a sudden, it empowers you to do it, even though you know you're you're not perfect, even though you know you're a stone, even though you know you've made mistakes yesterday, God still wants to use you because that's what the grace of God is all about. Where so many people do you hear they say, Oh, well, I'll wait until I'm ready before I put God first. I'll wait until you know I get my university years over me before I start putting God first. And what they're trying to say is, I'll wait until I'm good enough. I'll wait until I perform well enough. Before I surrender but if you'd understand the love of God that God doesn't need you to be perfect but when you fall in love with him listen you will do more right by accident than you will by trying in your own might and your own strength amen and so then we, we talked about the that God doesn't build with bricks but he builds with stone imperfect people and then we went on in the second part to talk about God's way leads to clarity and not confusion. Man tried to build his own way, lift up his own name. And it, it ended up in confusion. How many times in your life have you tried to do things your own way? And you've ended up in a situation that is broken, that, that, that is confusing, that is hurtful. And it keeps you in places longer than you want to stay. It costs you more than you want to pay. And that's what—that's man's way, which is to find his sin. But God's way always leads to clarity when you put God first in your life. It simplifies. Because it you just surrender. You don't have to worry about tomorrow because tomorrow's got its own worries. You seek God first and his kingdom and his house and then he adds everything else. It simplifies. So I, just, I was just thinking about, right, this, this next message I want to talk to you about is called, Come Close and Stay Close. Come close and stay close. Let's just pray. God, I just pray and thank you, Father, that, that you're a God that is close. You, don't just, you didn't just come close with your son Jesus, but you want to stay close through your Holy Spirit. God, I pray, Father, you speak to us in many different ways. In Jesus' name, And everyone said, Amen. Come close. Stay close. You see, what happens when we think about conforming to the world, so often we've heard this saying, do not conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so often when we think about conforming to the world, we think about taking too many drinks. We think about, you know, sexual promiscuous, you know, being sexually immoral. We think about all of the bad sins. But actually to conform to the world is to try and be a brick. It's to try and be perfect. Is to try and achieve perfection. Is try, trying to achieve uh, the results that you need in order to be happy. And that's such a lie because, listen, you can conform to the world's ways in a church. Oh, what? I'm confused now. Because what happens is when you conform to the world's ways, you begin to try and chase after a system. You, you try to look the perfect shape. You try to... to to say the perfect things. You try to have the perfect pictures. You try to, to attend the perfect meetings. You try to have the perfect attendance in a church. But the problem with that is what you're describing to me is only a system. It's not a person. God has called us to be in relationship through his son Jesus, a person who came to earth. The Holy Spirit was sent as a person who came to earth from heaven to earth Jesus came from heaven to earth God in the flesh came from heaven to earth to come close everyone say close but if you come to church you conform to the world's ways what happens is you begin and you begin to to look at God from a distance you begin to well I went to church I'm good well I read my Bible today I'm good Well, what I prayed today, I'm good. And you start to see it that way. What happens is you're in a system. You're not speaking to a Savior. You haven't received what the Savior done. You see, Jesus came not to get you into a system. He came to get you into a relationship. He came to make a way where where sin would no longer cause you to to, to be distant from God. The veil was torn. You could now communicate with the Holy Spirit. Like the the priest in the Holy of Holies. God wants to come close. Look, there's people who think by going to church, that means they're being transformed. No, you only get transformed when you come into conversation, when you come into a relationship, when you begin to look to the Savior, when you begin to meet the person of the Holy Spirit. That's what empowers us. That's why if you're in a system, you go around trying to convert people primarily God has not called us primarily to go and convert people. He's called us primarily to go and converse with the person of the Holy Spirit. And then something begins to bubble up on the inside. There's a passion that begins to come in your heart. God begins to speak. Then I promise you, you will go further than you ever go by trying to attain to a system. Trying to, because you know what the system's about? If you only have a system, you're doing it for people. You're not doing it for yourself, you're doing it for people. It's people pleasing, conforming to the ways of the world. So often we think that it's just about taking too much wine or, or, or drinking too much. That's It's so much bigger than that. You could be a, a nice person, perceived in world standards, and miss the whole point and be conforming to the world's ways around you. If you were brought up in church, you are just conforming to your environment. That's why some people are right when they say, well, if I was brought up in this culture, I would probably be this religion. Yeah, you're probably right, because you're conforming to the culture around you. But the difference with what Jesus came to bring is he came not to be conformed to the environment around you, to stand out light in darkness, that you would receive a Holy Spirit that is completely separate from the ways of the world. It's separate from a system. Listen, systems are needed, to maintain, but they're not the foundation. And so that's why at this church, I feel like what God's been speaking to me about this church is right now it's so, so important that we don't focus on stats and we don't focus on numbers because we're in seed form. It's just the beginning. It's so important that we focus on, on, on stories and not stats. It's so important that we focus on names and not numbers, because what does that look like? You see, when I focus on a story, the only way I can find out a story is if I come close to someone. If I listen to their heart, if I ask them, how are you, what's going on in your life? That's how I find out about a story. The only way I can find out what your name is, is if I ask you, what's your name? And in order for me to find out your name, I've got to come close. See, God's heart has always been that we would come close to him and come close to others. Because that's what it's all about. Of course, how often do you, you hear in environments and people are always asking from a distance, oh, how did church go or how did that, how did that concert go? Oh, there was 10,000 people there. But you see, what's happening there is they're looking from a distance and they're trying to figure it out from a distance when really I I want to tell you about what's going on what the Holy Spirit is doing in people's lives. Let's not talk about numbers, let's talk about let's talk about stories. Let's talk about, let's not talk about numbers, let's talk about names, let's not talk about stats. Why? Because God wants to come close. The true beauty of life is found in the closeness. Don't tell me what job you've got, how are you doing? How often do we identify in a role, in a job? In a position, hey, what's, your, what's the deal with you? I'm, a, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a doctor. I'm a teacher. I'm a, i am work in a shop, or I own this, or I own. This. You're telling me stats. You're telling me surplus stuff right now. You give me numbers. I've got this amount in, in the bank, and you're giving me. It's, it's this. What's going on in your heart? You see, that's why life transformation happens within relationship. It happens within connect groups it happens within community if you want God to move in your life you've got to be you've got to be willing to come close if you want to see God use you as a stone to build his house to have a purpose you've got to come close you've got to get vulnerable and I know we don't like that and I know it's not comfortable but it's the only way if you want to have true life if you want to have love the only way is to come close, is to be vulnerable, is to, to remove the guard. Amen. And I was just thinking about, you know, when we talk about relationships and we talk about friendships and we talk about family, how often I've seen problems seep in, how often I've seen weeds creep in and cause destruction. But you know where the weeds and the destruction always begin to happen? It, it's it's not when two people are close. The destruction and the issues of life, and the issues with the relationship with man and God, they don't come in. They don't come in closeness. They come in distance. You see what happens is if if one person is here and another's here, that gap is what causes the distance. It's that gap that causes the assumption. It's that gap that causes a religious spirit to begin to seep in. It's it's when people are looking from a distance, they make assumptions. I I don't know if that person... They, they look at like even other churches, they look at other relationships, they look at other friends, and they assume, oh, they've done that for this reason. They heard a rumor and they fill the gap with their own story. Has anyone ever done that before? <laughs> and you've, you've been talking about it for hours, and then you go to the source, and you're like, we just talked for hours. made up the best story. Like, we could have sold it as a movie. And then we found out none of it was true. <laughs> Has anyone ever done that? Just me. Screw it. Why? Because there's a gap. Because there's space. And that's why God has called us if we if we have a gap between Him and us. What happens is we begin to go through system. You see, in the gap there's death. In the gap, things die. In the gap, there's a there's no life in the gap. In the gap, there's gossip in the gap, there's slander in the gap, weeds grow. In the gap, religion grows. In the gap, all that ugly stuff grows in the gap. That's why when you distance yourself from God, you begin to get weary. You begin to just do things for the sake of doing them. You come in under duty-based relationship with God. You start to do things just for the sake of it. You come to church just to please your friends. And, and some of that's good for accountability. But but a passionate relationship with Jesus can has got to be the norm and not the exception. If you start to feel yourself getting duty-based, you know what you need to do. You've got to come close. And so I want to dive into the scripture here in Luke 15 and 20 verses 31. It says there, so he returned home. We're talking about the prodigal son here. The prodigal son was a man who messed up. He was a stone. He had broken pieces. He was a mess. He went out trying to raise up his own name. He took all his his father's possessions and his inheritance. He took it and he ran away and messed it up. And this is one thing I believe, just before I forget, I 100% believe that God can use someone more that makes mistakes and comes home and repents than someone who is running through the system doing everything right and their heart dies. I'm telling you, God will use, listen, I read all throughout the scripture, there's not one person within the scripture that God's used greatly that hasn't made a mistake. What does that look like? I mean, someone coming through the door. If I see someone in their life and they're making mistakes, you know, the grace of God speaks to me, don't give up on them. You know what the grace of God actually speaks to me? There's going to be a story here. Don't give up on them because God uses brokenness for breakthrough. He uses brokenness for blessing. It's just the way God has worked on this earth with Broken people with imperfect people, when you begin, what if we could start to see as a church, as a people, when people are messing up, is just stay in relationship with them. You might disapprove of what they're doing, stay in relationship, because the best stories are the ones that that have a comeback. See, I believe God uses people who makes mistakes more than he does people who tried to rigidly stay to assist them. Because those people that rigidly try to stay to assist them, they don't have a saviour, they don't take risks, they don't try and do things. They don't step out of the boat. I'd prefer to be a, a wet water walker than a dry boat talker. But, but, but he sank. Yeah, he, he made a mistake. He lost faith in the middle of walking by faith. But he learned. Peter, same man, denied Jesus was surrounded by these nutcases, like me. Like they, 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 they're swearing, "Oh, you're the you're the Father, you, you're the Son that was sent." And and Jesus, is like by, by the time the crow <laughs> what are you, crow was it crow what crocs crow what was a crow doing? What? I'm free to get this wrong. Anyhow, three times you'll deny me. He made mistakes. He was broken. Even Jesus said, get behind me Satan. He's calling him Satan. Why? Because he's thinking as a man. He's thinking as a system. He's thinking in a religious way. He's trying to conform to the world. The fear of man was holding him back. But he learned. And Jesus didn't give up. And he then began to, you know, God then used him to, to, to preach on the day of Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit came. That's, what, that's the church. That's how God works. He uses brokenness. The mess of humanity he uses it all. Actually, those people are sometimes, the people who are making mistakes, are sometimes more in line for, for God to use than the people who are you know, going to their state, up and down every week, got this rigid routine, but they're not doing anything. They're not active. They're actually dead. They're distant in their, their relationship with God. So there should be a little mess in the manger. Jesus came in a manger, not, not in a palace. Not not with red carpet. He came in a manger. What's in a manger? There's mess. There's dirt. Right, so get back to the scripture here. So he returned home to his father. We didn't even get to the first thing. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. His father saw him coming from a long a distance. He was starting to come close. Filled with love and compassion, you see his father's heart No matter how bad he had messed up, the compassion was still there. He had never given up on his son. He had he had kept his heart active. He had kept his heart aligned with love. He didn't get bitter because his son didn't do what he wanted. He had kept his heart. You know, he 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 continued to pray. Father, I just prayed that my son would come home. But that takes effort. It's easier to harden your heart, isn't it? It's easier just to give up. You know, screw them. They're not going to do things my way. It's easy just to give up on people. May we be a church that never gives up on people. And that's got to be a choice because your feelings are gonna tell you to give up. Your emotions are gonna say, they rejected me. You know, the father hears me thinking, I give you everything, and you just go and blow it all. You blew all the money. I told you so. How easy would it be for a father just to like, you idiot, what are you doing? But here the father was filled with love and compassion. He kept his heart pure. He kept his heart full of hope. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. Now, remember, the son's coming here with shame, with sorrow, with feeling like a failure. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned. Repentance. He turned his way as he realized. His light came on. I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But the father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals on his feet. And kill the calf. We have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. One of them big calves, Jeff, you know? One of them big old calves worth a few pennies, eh? Jeff knows all about that. He's like, whoa, that was a lot of money. You know, For someone who had messed up so bad, why are we celebrating? <laughs> One of those calves. In your field, would you kill it? One um, of big fat ones? I don't know. You must celebrate with a feast, for the Son of Mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So let the party begin. He said the church has got to be like a party. If we're going to heaven and there's going to be a party in heaven, well, how much more should the church be alive? Should it be full of joy? Should you come in and there should be beats on? How much more should you be able to bring someone to a place, whether they like the message or the people, at least feels alive? I hope they like the people. Meanwhile, the older son, now here we go. Now this is religion. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working, because religion is always doing the system. Religion is always working, trying to get their way into the father's house, trying to work their way to favor, trying to work their way to the fattened calf, Trying to work their way to the party, trying to earn their way to the love of God. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants, "What is going on?" From a distance, he's looking from a distance and sees like, "What's all these all these LEDs about? What's all these subwoofers on? Who's what, what? that DJ in the corner at my father's house? <laughs> no one told me." What's Tiesto doing here? The, this heart in Tiesto. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. He wouldn't even come close. The older brother was looking from a distance. His father came out and begged him. You see, his, what his father was trying to do, his father was trying to get him to come close to see his heart. You see, if you've got an issue with someone, the Bible says, come close, go one to one close the gap. Why? Because you see, if you've got an issue with someone, if you go one-to-one, one, you've got to hear their heart. If you've got an issue with someone, and you come close, you've got to hear their situation, you've got to hear their story, you've got to know their name. Not just what they've done from the outside. How often do we hear rumors upon rumors of what sus and done? Have you heard their heart? Did you speak to them? That's why Another scripture we use in the church all the time is where two or more are gathered, there I am in the midst. Well, what is two or more? Two or more is just when you meet someone, there's two. As soon as I meet one other person, there's two people. So that means God can do something. God can change something. You can share your heart to, you just need one more person. And so the the father was trying to get him, but but religion is resistant to come close. You'll hear people, people probably slag this church off. But I guarantee you, they're at a distance. First question you ask, how many times have you been? Have you ever spoken to them? Oh, no, you haven't. Religion alert. Because that's how religion operates. Even in your own situation, I find myself doing it too. It's easy to judge from afar. And then I realize, wait a second, I've never spoke to that person. I don't know the situation. People, you know, there's all kinds of stories can be added to what I've just heard. Because why? People never went close. That's why God's way brings clarity. And man's way brings confusion. Because man's way is weak. Man's way is comfortable. Man's way is selfish. Man's way, you don't need to step out of the comfort zone in order to do things man's way. But it causes death. It causes division. It causes destruction. And that's why as a house we will be committed to God's way whether we feel like it or not. Amen? Thanks, Ian. I'm glad you're on board. So his father came out and begged him. But he replied, all these years I've slaved for you works. You owe me. I deserve. You, and you never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. Or sorry, a single thing you told me to. And in all, all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back from after squandering, after sinning, after messing up your money on prostitutes. You see, this is who God uses. That's why I say, tonight, stop writing people off because they're they're doing this kind of stuff. Stop writing people off because they don't look like nice little Christians in this system. Sometimes they're more qualified to do the work of God because they understand the grace of God. You celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, "Look, my dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day where your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. Come on, put our hands together for God for that. You see, We were once lost, but now we're fine. See, when people begin to grasp, when we begin to grasp the message of the gospel, the true gospel, it's simple, it always hopes, it never gives up, it's patient, it's kind, it's not, it doesn't look at things from an outward perspective, it always looks to the inward heart. Listen, if people are squandering their money on prostitutes or people are getting steamboat, you know what's going on? There's something missing on the inside. They're trying to find happiness in all the wrong places, trying to find happiness in all the wrong faces. They're trying to find what God already has given. And the only chance that we can... Have to reach them is if we don't write them off from what we see on the exterior, and we believe in them before they believe in themselves. I just just got three points. This morning, first point: religion focuses on the weakness of man, instead of the goodness of God. Religion focuses on the weakness of man instead of the goodness of God. You see, the father wasn't focusing on the weakness of his son because he knew that God was a good father and he was a good father and he would never give up on his son and he he would never give up hope that his son would come home because why? He just wanted his son to have the best life. He just wanted his son to fulfill all that was in him. He just wanted his son to be the best son he could be. It wasn't about his performance and what he could do for me and that's why he let him go see love lets go sometimes it doesn't control sometimes you've got to let people make mistakes it's sometimes the only way but you don't give up on because they didn't do it your way but you see religion in the field from a distance is looking on in judgment he shouldn't have got that but you see that's a law That's, I get because I do. The the sons and the the, the older brothers in the field, the spirit of the older brothers in the field, and he's thinking, well, I deserve this because I have worked for it. But that's not the gospel, because none of us have earned perfection. None of us are bricks. We've all got broken pieces. And so, therefore, none of us would qualify for heaven. And that's the power of Jesus, and that's the power of the blood of the Lamb. And that's why when people come in here to this environment, I don't care who they are, we're going to create a culture of acceptance. I don't care what you've done. You are accepted. You are loved. Why? Because we represent God and not man. We represent the heart of God. I don't care what you've done even last night. I don't even care what you've done a few seconds ago. God can change your life right now in this moment if your eyes become open to the grace of God. And so we want to have the heart of the father, not the heart of the older brother. When people have went into to, to religious environments and they've experienced judgment and, and, and not good enough and all that kind of stuff and, and don't feel worthy and, and that's what's being preached, you know what's happening? There's a spirit of the older brother. There's a spirit of religion. There's a spirit of performance. And I'm not saying, listen, that, that God does not want us to live in holy and acceptable ways. I'm saying that's not where it starts. I'm saying that's where, not where it begins. When someone comes in here for the first time, where it begins is you're loved, you're accepted, we will speak the word of God over your life. So religion always focuses on the weakness of man. That's why every, what do we do when we come in every, every week? We, we sing praise not to any of the worship band or, or to me or to any of the leaders. or We don't sing praise to, to man. We sing praise to God because he is worthy of all praise. We, we focus our eyes on what Jesus done. Not man done. We don't, we don't, thank you God for all my mistakes this week. It's been amazing. I had the best time feeling guilt and shame. Thank you, Je- you know, That's not what we sing. We say thank you, Jesus, for, for, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus, for paying the price on the cross for all of my mistakes, past, present, and the future sins. I thank you that I can always stay in relationship. Even when I make the biggest mistake of my life, I can still come to church the next week. Because the the win is in staying in relationship. Whereas religion will push you away. But look at the father done. He had made the biggest mistake of his life. And the father was always, the door's always open. That's the kind of church I want to be a part of. That's the kind of church I want to go to. Amen. Two, we're nearly there. Religion confuses holiness with harshness. Oh. Holiness with harshness. How often have people thought, what what would the older brother be saying to the younger brother right now? You need to come out here and do work and earn this. You need to come out here. You see, favor, the favor of God is not fair. If you've been brought up in a religious environment... What the older brother is saying is like, no, you go and work for this. you got to come to church for at least three years before we'll ever speak to you, either. You better start attending every prayer meeting, singing all the songs, giving loads of money, and then we'll consider forgiving you. Better learn all the scriptures. What is that? And it's harsh, the tone is harsh. That's religion. That's not the heart of the Father. That's not the heart of God. That's not holy. Holiness is, listen, God loves you so If you could just realize how much God loves you and that you can trust God and that, and that he's got a plan for you. If you could just realize that, that in this area that you have fear, that you're going off trying to do things your own way. If you could just release the grip a little bit. God, You'll give God opportunity to do something. That's the heart of holiness. That's the heart of God. Part of the fathers to always have opportunity for closeness, for relationship, not for hardness, not for performance. Favor isn't fair. It's not fair that someone should come in after messing up and getting that if it's on performance. But that's, that's the grace of God. None of us, the Bible says, not one, no, not one is worthy. We're all filthy rags. The Bible says, I think it's in Proverbs, when it comes to comparing ourselves to the holiness, the the perfection of God. And that's why we're going to start communion next week. Because I think it's just a good time to start to focus on and remind ourselves continually of the holiness of God, of what Jesus done, and how, how, how perfect that sacrifice was. But also, it's a transaction, it's it's an altar, it's a place where you lay down, you remind your soul that I am saved, I am forgiven, so that you can lift up the burden and cast your care upon him. Amen? See, God wants us sober, but not somber. God wants us sober, he wants us to have our, our, our good mind, he wants us... To think straight he wants us to have clarity because what happens when you're not sober you've taken one too many your mind gets a little bit unsure of itself that's what it's all about it's not about do's and don'ts it's about having clarity making good decisions listen we don't have enough t- time time is moving quick the mission of the church is at hand god has got a purpose for your life We'll party along the way. But we don't just live to party, we party along the way. But but we've got a greater purpose than the party. That's why I love churches that that this is an atmosphere, there's an environment, it's fun, it's exciting, it's full of life. But it doesn't end there. Or it doesn't start there. I I love to go out and have fun and enjoy parties and all that kind of stuff. But but it can't be foundational because it's empty. You know it's emptiness. And lastly, three. Religion always criticises from afar, and I'll tell this story. I'm heading out in the summer to a church called Church of the Highlands, and uh, it's a church in Alabama, and they've actually sponsored, give me a scholarship to go out and do one of their courses, uh, just for a few days. And you're right, I took that that free dollar, literally dollar, and uh, they just—it's a great, great church, and, and I've, I've never seen a church that big so healthy. And they have some great systems. That they worship a savior, and uh, they tell the story of how their church started. About, I'm just guessing, about 15 years ago. Um, and at the very start of the church, they really felt, you know, God is in this, and that we really feel this is the right thing to do right now, and it seemed good to the Holy Spirit that this is what was the, what they should be doing. And, and the church had been growing to about five, six hundred people, and and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere. A neighbouring church, or someone in a neighbouring church, put an article in the newspaper, basically completely slandering, saying they were heretics, all this kind of stuff. And and you know, to uh, someone who just planted a church, that was devastating. He just moved his whole family to this new state, and and taking a lot of risk, stepped out on the water, and, and these people that he had never spoke to, put an article. In, in that state kind of newspaper. And he's like, I thought, I thought the problem would have been non-Christians. I thought it would have been other religious leaders or, 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 or people would have came against us if there was anyone. But but it was someone in the same religion, same beliefs. But this, the, the brother, someone in my family, that spirit came and they were just devastated. And they just cried out to God. And, and the guy, Pastor Chris Hodges, I remember him saying, really powerful. He just prayed and he said, he felt the Holy Spirit. He came close to the Holy Spirit. And he felt like the Holy Spirit. He said, he said just tell him to come. He says, just tell him to come. Tell him to come close. Tell them to come and try it for themselves. And so he then, following a week or so, he then put an article in the newspaper just saying, listen... This is what we believe but we're not going to go into all that detail but if you're unsure come and try come and see for yourself and they did <laughs> and it was the greatest growth spurt they'd ever had and they've seen, they seen hundreds and even thousands saved from that point the church I think in the previous year had like 80,000 people there at Easter time But they say that was a defining moment. When the older brother sinned him. The spirit of the older brother, religion, kicked up. When when people gossip about you. People judge you from afar. Listen. God uses it all. God is in control. God is your vindicator. Forget about, man, God will use it if you'll come close. God will will grow your life. God will grow your influence. God will grow your maturity if you come close. And as people came close, they began to be pointed to the heart of God. But religion, it always criticizes from afar. May we never be people that slander, that gossip, that criticize from afar, but may we always come close amen let's go ahead and stand i sing one last song i just want to pray for you as the team come back up god we just thank you uh, for this place god we thank you that right now we've created a space but the space is not a system primarily father we're here to converse with you and your holy spirit god we thank you that we can come close and we can stay close and as we do father you begin to move and God lives are changed including ours. God I pray Father a blessing over every family in this room. Father I pray a blessing over every soul and every spirit. Father I pray Father that they would begin to speak the word of God over their life. God that any fear of man would die and God a boldness in the Holy Spirit would begin to rise as God as we stand firm on what Jesus done. Everyone said Amen. Let's worship God.